And he sends it back for Keary, who's going to kick over the top, and Manu is unmarked, and the ball bounces perfectly! Electric footy from the Roosters! Well, Roosters fans, what a great week it was, just sunning ourselves and relaxing on the golden sands of Bondi Beach and just salivating about this big Thursday night blockbuster against the might of the Parramatta Reels under lights, Allianz Stadium, 8pm, be there. This week on Roosters Radio, one of our favourite sons, and hasn't he been strong at the start, Lindsay Collins, that's right, Lindsay, Bells' personal favourite, well, he's on the show. Also, Football Operations Manager, Chris James, well, he hops in and gives us some real insights to the fans on what goes on behind the scenes. Remember, the mighty Jack Gibson said it starts in the back office. Well, what a good back office we got. Silky, one of our roosters is flowing the coop, and you're going to talk about that from 2025, but as Robbo says, relax, stay cool, be calm. So welcome to another week of Roosters Radio. Welcome, Silky. Welcome, Bells. Welcome, boys. Yeah, great to be back in the Nick Politis Centre of Excellence. Uh, and look, guys, the breaking news out of last week, and I don't think it was news to most Roosters fans, is Joseph Suwali'i uh, heading over to rugby. Uh, we've got two years with him, of course, before he departs uh, to play for the Wallabies. Uh, and I think I speak on behalf of all of us here when we, we wish him all the best. You know, he's only very young, 19, and I dare say... Uh, he'll be back in Roosters' colours, uh, quite similar to the Sunny Bill Williams. Well, Robbo's press conference this morning said it all, didn't he? I mean, we had to reply. We had to come out and, and say something after all the negative media around the situation. But um, I, I feel that they knew he was going to go. It was a dream of his and it's not until 2025, guys, and he'll be back. Well, it's funny because I had the laptop on in the kitchen and uh, I was listening back to the uh, the interview, and I didn't know if it was a Cheech and Chong movie or it was uh, Robert at a press conference because uh, just the language is just stay cool, just relax. I love that stuff coming from our coach, uh, and this is probably due to his meeting with Wim Hof the other week. Uh, I know he <laughs> likes going into the uh, the Himalayas and doing some deep breathing up there. So, uh, like, I love this. I love this coming out from Robert. So, a message to you, Roosters fans. You got your knickers in or not? Stay cool, just relax. Yeah, well, you couldn't have said it better. And it's got some Wim overtones. I mean, we had Wim on the show with Ian Schubert. Great get, by the way, Bells. I know, I couldn't believe it when I bumped into it. Thank you for doing that, that uh, little maestro from Holland. Now, Silky, uh, I will say one thing. What I love is everyone's got an opinion on it, and I just loved what Robbo said. He calmed everyone down, got them to stay cool, relax, and said he's a rooster for the next two years. He knows what we expect. Absolutely. We know what he expects. We give him our blessing. And you got it. let's touch base on... The cheese. I mean, how cheeky and how funny was that? Loved that it. Shows, oh, loved it's it. hilarious. It shows character and personality. That's what we're about. We're saying, hey, listen, this $1.6 million <laughs> wing is not <laughs> going to be the All Blacks. What a great comment and yeah. what a great compliment. And then he went into a serious part and said, listen, he is a very, very great, talented young man. We wish him the best. And so do we. Roosters fans, Roosters Radio, he's got our blessing. Let's just win the next two comps and you can do what you like. Just on another footy note. Victor Radley playing his 100th game on Thursday night. Big. I can't wait to see him run out in front of a, a good crowd there on Thursday. Obviously, it's no secret Victor is a proud uh, local junior, Clovelly Crocs. So, congratulations to Crocs. Yeah. Uh, the last local junior to play 100 games is Ryan Cross. So, it uh, it's been a while. So, well done, Victor. And I can't wait to see you run out there on Thursday night. Well, boys, massive show this week. We've got two very special guests joining us. You're on Roosters Radio, and we'll be back after the break with Lindsay Collins. <laughs> Well, Roosters fans, it's no doubt, Silky, one of our favourites and an all-time favourites, the most intellectual forward 
uh, we have in the club and have had for some time. And what a pleasure it is to have him on uh, Roosters Hang Road. on, hang on, Bush. I'm going to have to chime in here. Oh, he's always <laughs> jumping when it's <laughs> I've got to jump in because everybody knows he's my fave. He is your yeah, fave. That's true. <laughs> so, everybody, we'd like to have a big, warm welcome for our barnstorming, one of our barnstorming props, Lindsay Collins. You've had a cracking, cracking start to the year. Lindsay, welcome to Roosters Radio. Yeah, thanks, guys. You were really good here. there, Bells. Is that okay? Yeah. You just forgot that he's an Australian. Uh, oh, New South Wales, <laughs> yeah. Australian player. New South Wales. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, hey, whoa. Sorry, Queensland point from Brisbane. Oh, <laughs> you said you liked him. You said you liked him. Liz, thank you so very much and welcome, and Bells. And kangaroo. Absolutely. Mm. Welcome to Roosters Radio this week. Uh, you had the week off. Um, how did you spend it? Yeah, wasn't much doing. Actually, little tip up from Kez MH370 do, uh, doco series on Netflix. Ah, nice, Ooh. very interesting. So, uh, yeah, we'll leave you a little bit mind blowing at the end of it. But uh, yeah, so yeah, just basically couch and Netflix sort of thing. So yeah, there wasn't much doing. So are you a bit of a conspiracy theorist there, Lindsay? <laughs> Is that what I'm sensing? Not, that, uh, not much of a conspiracy theorist, but if someone's got something going, and I'll I'll have a listen sort of thing. So um, yeah. Well, as a player, every second week you're usually on an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> Did it give you like a bit of an insight? Oh, gee, does it change your mind on flying? I think, and you are nah, 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 wings. Nah. I think it just, but I think it's just the whole 290 people went missing and no one even knows what, crazy. what happened, sort yeah. of thing. So, but um, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty quiet weekend. So, uh, resting the body. You know, first three rounds were pretty physical, especially that one against South. Um, it was closest thing to finals footy in round three of the year, so um, yeah. Is it a bit unusual, Linz? Um, now we've got a seventeenth team, and, and it's so nice to have a team from you know from your hometown in the competition. Does it feel a bit awkward having a buy? Or yeah, this early on, it definitely felt a little bit awkward um, having a buy this early on. But yeah, it was funny. I was thinking about it. Usually, you know, you'd play twelve straight, eight straight, and thinking back to how I felt last week, it was like, oh, geez, I usually you know go a couple of more games in a row so but yeah we'll take it sort of thing and rest up and get back into it this week now Lindsay, just on the start of the year you know it's uh, the last three round games you've had an amazing start to the year i think in one of those games you played close to 80 minutes i think it was like 78 minutes against the warriors yeah, it's still that was a me, warm that night minutes. that night too. like you don't know the seconds <laughs> Okay, you got taken off seventy-seven thirty. <laughs> but um, look, you've had a cracking year. How's it felt so far for you? Yeah, it's felt really good coming in after the tour and stuff like that. A bit more experience, and then um, you know, after last year having the ACL and stuff, sort of finding my feet again. I felt like that was a good foundation for this year again, and then. Yeah, there's that leadership role as well, and yeah, it's all sort of we had a really good preseason and. The, the, the rounds are just building, so, um, yeah, it's been good, been happy with it, but can't be unfocused too soon sort of thing, so uh, take it week by week and, yeah, keep doing the work. Lindsay, let's go back to that World Cup. You know, you, you had a great World Cup playing with the best players in the country. What did you learn personally and what did you bring back into this performance that you've had this year? Um, I think... With rep footy as well, it's just playing footy sort of thing. So, um, you know, w- with your uh, team in the NRL season, you have the preseason and the whole year and then you've got your structures and your plays and everything that comes off the back of that. Whereas rep footy, you're just meeting new blokes, you're forming relationships, you know, you're having a beer and stuff and then 
you're just going out and playing footy sort of thing. So it takes you back a little bit and strips everything away and then just that purity of footy um, and then just, yeah, going out and sort of showcasing your... You're, you're Doing what you, you love Yeah, you You as a footy player as well So, yeah Lynn's, uh, you know Had the great opportunity To be coached by the great Mal Meninga You know, we all know The pedigree of Trent Robinson And what a great influence And mentor he is on you Did you find the styles different In playing World Cup with Mal? Was it easy just to plug and play? Or, you know He's an icon He's a Queenslander He's an immortal He's everything that everyone wants to play under How did you find the difference Between Mal and Robbo? Yeah, sort of As of what I was just saying before With you know, as an NRL coach, you have a whole season sort of thing. But, you know, as a uh, rep coach, you only have eight weeks to get, you know, the boys in line sort of thing. So Mal was really good at bringing the boys together and, and forming a team and a relationship between everyone as well. So that that would be, yeah, and it's it's not easy to do either. So, um, you know, for him to do that, the words he spoke hold volume as well. So you listened and then, yeah, you went about your job sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Did you get a bit of downtime over there and uh, you get to, you know, sample some of the, the cultural experiences, you know, did you duck over to Europe for a you cup of coffee? had a bit of, of a holiday after it, didn't you? I yeah, think you mentioned yeah. Belinda was yeah. talking on Instagram. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. chat, okay, guys? We just chat. <laughs> the, the, the wife come over um, towards the back end of the tour yeah. and then we stayed on for a bit afterwards and uh, got back into Brizzy about Christmas Eve sort of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't get too much of an opportunity, especially after COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, while we're over there, we thought we'd make the most of it and get around and experience it a bit. So that was my first time going and travelling around. So, yeah, it was really good. And like you said before, the different cultures and the different way Beautiful. of living. And, yeah, it's Anything stand amazing. out? Silky's very worldly and uh, quite well-travelled, so those belts. Um, I get around Bondi on the station at the junction <laughs> there, but... You know, did you have anything that stuck out and thought, wow, this is the life, you know, what a great, you know, just relaxing or some beautiful scenery that you liked? Uh, I think I think it just put things into perspective on how small you are in this big scheme sort yeah. of thing. So, And then because there's a lot of history over there with um, Europe and stuff and all that sort of, I won't dive into it too much, but yeah, yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're only here for this tiny little snippet in the scheme of things. So, um, yeah, definitely put things into perspective. Now, Linz, I want to uh, go back to a moment ago. You mentioned the leadership role at the club and uh, that it's new for you. How have you, obviously, through your performance on the field, you've taken that on board so well. How did that come about and when was that? Um, so it was probably, I think, uh, last year or the year before, I sort of got into the leadership group and then it sort of slowly progressed from there. Yeah, it was the year before ACL. Um, and then slowly progress from there. And then, um, yeah, like I sort of said before, you know, you have that leadership role, but it's also the big focus last year was just getting back to playing that level of football sort of thing. And then um, now that I said, you know, that foundation's there, it's just about, you know, going and expressing yourself on the field. But then, you know, you've got young boys and stuff. Like, I, it was funny. We had a, um, a meeting and... <laughs> We lined up from youngest to oldest, and I was up this end. And <laughs> I still feel like that, you know, twenty-year-old that come, come down in twenty sixteen <laughs> sort of thing. So um, it was a bit of a shock, and uh, but it, it was cool to realise, you know, now that we got Napsky back, but then Jazza, and then sort of the role that they played for me coming through, and then now how it's transitioned, and now I've got that role and helping boys like Fletch and Fahu and Terrell, and you know. Um, 
whatever they need and then giving them little bits and pieces but letting them just do them sort of thing because they are who they are and they're here because of who they are as well. So, um, yeah, it's been good. It's cool. <laughs> Lindsay, you just took me back and Bush will re- recall this. In 2016, we were recording Roosters Radio out the front of the old Allianz Stadium in the caravan and you walked to the front door banging on the door in a pair of footy shorts Thongs, mullet, and the, and the teeth missing, right? And we said, is this going to rob us? Like, what's going on here? Like, to hear you talk like that and, and having witnessed the young Lindsay Collins, who was his firebrand, right, to the – Who dressed this, like a South fan. <laughs> to this you know, measured kind of worldly person. It's, um, it speaks volumes of the development that you've, um, you know, you've taken on board. Mate, I want to talk about the meeting supposedly you had prior to round two. Obviously, you had Jared and Victor out because I think – in my eyes, that was probably the best game I've seen you play in a, in the Roosters jumper. The, the the way that you led the team out, and you, I feel like you took it upon yourself to lead those younger players. When we interviewed you up at East that night, uh, we had a chat about it. But was there a point in time where you made a decision that this is the game you're going to own? Not necessarily the game, more so the year. The year, right? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Just coming into this year, and then yeah, it's just okay, let's go, sort of thing. So, um, you know, just knuckled down and tightened up a few things and, you know, off-field and away from football and um, just narrowed my focus, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that's really just it. So so how do you lead? What's Lindsay Collins, the leader, look like compared to Lindsay Collins, the, the footballer? Yeah, it's not too much talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> so by actions, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's just just what I sort of do, and uh, you know, we we have our little things around the game where um you know only the people inside these four walls know, and they're the sort of things that I pride myself on, and you know I get more of a kick out of you know my teammates knowing what I've done for the team rather than the um you know punter in the stand yeah. sort of mm-hmm. thing. So. Um, that rules you out, Bells. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, just going in week in, week out. Um, when you know those little things, it, it makes it a lot more simple sort of thing. So, well, it yeah. definitely shows. I, mean, I think you got players player for the first two rounds as mm. well this year. So, like, the yeah, boys obviously working. know. It's working. They, yep, they know it and it's working. <laughs> yeah, there's no higher accolade, is there? Lynn's away from the game. Um, you know, you're obviously continuing your studies and stuff. Our Roosters fans love knowing everything about the players on the field, but also love getting to know little bits like a, a great tip, the MH70 doco, and how are you going with the studies, and uh, are you still continuing that on? Yeah, good. Um, pretty close to getting the trade signed off, so I think that's been going on for the eighth year now. So I was actually at Radley's house the other week. He's got a... Another um, property expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a Renault going over at the moment. So, um, yeah, just getting a couple of things done Did for that. Did you pick that. up the tools? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're on the tools. The tools. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he'll probably tell you different. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. And then uh, just the university on uh, as well. So um, just with the business slash property. So... Um, yeah, it's been good. Well, what our Roosters fans don't know, we get some uh, you know unprecedented access in here. And one of the things I love is waxing lyrical to you and Victor, who are highly skilled and uh, very intellectual in this area. Interest rates, inflation, all the things that are happening. Have you got something for our Roosters fans just to message out there where you think it's going? You know, property prices. Have you got just a little insight you can share from your expertise? Oh, God. Um, 
I don't want to say anything and anyone take it literal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a, we'll put a disclaimer in yeah, the show notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, Kez is my guy. So I just I always bounce things off him. So I come in, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? So uh, oh, we're the latest the latest talk at the moment is Ipswich, Ipswich. So ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just yeah. wait and see. I've been telling Kez for the last five years, but he's only just heard it from someone else. And then now he thinks, oh, yeah, yeah, you might be onto something. So yeah. well, hometown no one listens. To the front yeah. row, front rowers, you know, and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> only only when they take a uh, you know a, a refs a refs call or they do a, a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, your hometown of Nick Pilatus, and they're saying that there'll be uh, more need for property up there in Queensland because of the right uh, the race. Well, the Olympics as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's actually a big um, rental crisis going on at the moment yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah. Back to footy, if you don't mind. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Victor Radley, we just spoke about him, playing his 100th game Yeah. this week. No doubt there's been a bit of talk amongst the boys about that. Nah, yeah, we, we just had a little tip of the cap to him this morning and then, you know, watched a couple of highlights. But, yeah, um, you know, I admire his mentality into every game and, um, you know, he's made me as much of a footy player as anyone else sort of thing. So he's one bloke that you do not want to let down on the field because, you know, he gives 130% sort of thing. So, um, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to be going out with him uh, 100 games this week as a rooster. And, yeah, it, if there's anyone that, um, you know, bleeds red, white and blue more than him, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's really cool. Well, Linz, I've got one more for you, and he's the, the alpha male of the, of the club. You know, a couple of rounds, we felt that you just stood up so much for our pack and you were our leader. And then Jared comes back and that was that game, you know, um, that we all wanted to win against our greatest star tribal. And he comes on with the cheese and everyone's going, where's the cheese? Well, we saw it that night, you know what I mean? How's it feel to go out there and have someone like Jared with everything he's done in the game, everything he's done in the club? He's obviously a, a great leader himself. How's it feel to play for with a guy in that, you know, in a team like that? Yeah, definitely. Much like what I just said about Vic, you yeah. know, he, mm. he brings the most out of you as well. And, um, you know, he, he's a bloke that you definitely don't want to let, let let down because of how much he's actually done for this jersey and in this game as well. So, And he's up the end of the line to, of the oldest too. So when yeah, he's around, yeah. you're not up there. I think he was the <laughs> end end. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll make a prediction. Was he, he 40? F- oh. 30, 39? <laughs> I think he might be 43. <laughs> um, in Kiwi years, because they do it differently. <laughs> School's different over there, married one. Um, what does he say when he comes on the field? I mean, obviously, you're out there. You're the, you're the natural leader. We can see that. He comes on. Is there something that he says? Because it just seemed to – it was a game of two halves that, you know, we were holding fort, holding fort, South threw everything at us in that game. Then it seems that Jared and the Cheese come on. I know that there's players that are tired, but is there something that he says or does? Like yourself, he plays yeah. by actions, not I by words. I think it's, yeah, it does because, you know, that first carry, he just set the tone sort of gotcha. thing for the yeah. rest of the game, for himself as well, but then for everyone around, you know. Yes. There's a, you know, energy. You feel that sort of thing. And when someone takes a carry like that and puts a bend in the line, then it sort of ripples down throughout the team. So, um, yeah. Thursday night, we take on Para. Uh, they had a big win against... Penrith last week, what are you expecting from them uh, on Thursday night? Yeah, as always, it's going to be a big physical game. You know, every every time we verse them, it's a physical one. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be a game of attrition and, you know, um, big hits. And, yeah, looking forward to it as a forward, you know, those sort of battles as well, um, going toe-to-toe with uh, some of the best in the yeah, game. Campbell so. Gillards yep. and the like, yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. big boys. Yeah, so yeah, it should be good, should be fun. So, Then finally, uh, 
brand new stadium. You know, we touched on it last year. We played a couple of games. How's it feel to run out at the new um, stadium? And we've got this centre of excellence we're standing in right now. As a player, you got here in 2016, as Suki said, just a young kid from Brisbane with, you know, dreams of playing first grade, and we knew that was going to happen. But fast forward six, seven years, you're a club leader, you know, you've been the best player in the in the team for the you know, first few weeks. Um, what's this new environment like and how's the growth of the club itself been for you? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, I think first day we come in here, we got towels now. So <laughs> they, they give us towels and wash our towels and for us. So um, we're, we're, we're so lucky, um, you know, into what, you know, where we were at the original Alliance sort of thing to come through now and, um, you know, it, it's, it's that road that we're taken to get us here though and um yeah it's 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 a beautiful space we're in at the moment the center of excellence but that field as well you know holds a bit of something there as well and th- it was only my first game this year i didn't get to play on it last year so um yeah to to go out there and you know the crowds that we've been getting and the the volume from them it's um goes a long way and you know helping us perform as well i don't think People really realise that, but when you've got a home crowd advantage, it's massive. And, you know, the more people we can get out to these games and, you know, get behind us as well in these early rounds, um, you know, it's it'd be good. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better, Lance. Well, great call to action. Just one thing I want to clear up. If you were hear a really high-pitched voice from the other side of the tunnel, go, <laughs> it'd be me. <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> but, uh, Bells is a bit different. Like, get off him. <laughs> You'll hear that. But, mate, you couldn't have said it better. Let's get out there, get behind our roosters. May want to thank you so much for your time. You're always accessible, always available. Roosters Radio fans love it. We love it. And, uh, mate, long live your form because it's outstanding and so is the leadership. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Lindsay. Wasn't that a great chat with Lindsay? You're on Roosters Radio, and after the break, we catch up with Football Operations Manager, Chris James. G'day, guys. James Tedesco here. You're listening to Roosters Radio. Well, Roosters fans, in a real treat, bit of a Roosters Radio extra silky and bells, we have Football Operations Manager, Chris James, joining us today on Roosters Radio to talk all things rugby league and what goes on in and around and behind the scenes at the club. The great Jack Gibson said it all starts in the back office, and I can certainly tell you it's a well-oiled machine back here. As a former referee, he's, he's refereed 228 NRL games. Uh, he certainly has plenty of pedigree in the rugby league field, but there's so much interest in what Chris does uh, and the important role you play in the success of our entire team. Chris, welcome to Roosters Radio. Thanks, guys. Nice to be here. Just want to kick off, uh, you know, Chris, we, we, we often talk to many people in and around the club, Bruce's Radio, our point of difference, it's not all about our amazing 17 and 25, you know, athletes on the field and our coach and Uncle Nick, it's about everyone that's part of the Roosters family and, and you're certainly a very important part, but the journey. What made you want to become an NRL referee? Are you crazy? Yeah, it's funny, but if you've ever met me, you'll know that I'm not tall in stature, right? So uh, I got to about the age of 16, loved rugby league. But got to that age where I just, you know, everybody went past me and I was the shortest guy on the field, you know, and I wasn't as tough as a Jake Friend or someone like that and the game sort of went past me. But I came from a rugby league family. Um, Mum and dad uh, grew up around the North Sydney Bears and my great-grandfather played uh, for the North Sydney Bears and played for New South Wales and um, so always been around rugby league. And when I came to the end of playing, it was like, what am I going to do now? And you could earn a little bit of pocket money on the weekends refereeing junior footy. So I thought I'm just going to referee a bit of junior footy there. And then as the years go on, everyone keeps going, actually, you could actually make something out of this. And then there was a period there where full-time referees came in. Yeah. 
and then as soon as they, you know, that first crop of full-time time referees around the Harrigan, Manda, Clark, that era, mm-hmm. you know, I was still in high school, but I thought, hang on, I reckon I can make a career out of this. Mm. Look, we all know refereeing is one of the hardest jobs you could possibly do. It's like teaching and other, other vocations, but it's so important because without, it's like South Sydney. Without Souths, we've got no one to hate. But refereeing, same thing. You've got a situation where, you know, lots of people complain about the ref and they blame the ref, but they're so important to our game. So what's a message to, um, you know, before we move into the next part of the conversation, what's a message to an up-and-coming young referee who's very much in the position you're in who wants to become the next first-grade referee? Yeah, look, it... To be able to be out there on the first grade field, I used to often look around in some of the biggest games and go, wow, I can't believe I'm here, right? You know, I remember back, I refereed that game where Sonny Bills, Sam Burgess, Roosters Souths, when Sonny debuted for the Roosters. I remember yes, being Sam. there that mm-hmm. night, right? Round one here at Allianz Stadium. I remember looking around and Sonny Bill was next to me on the 10 and Sam Burgess was about to get the ball for the first time. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm here right it was that sort of pinch me moment and so you know there's a lot of young kids coming through and we we lose a lot of young referees because of the abuse that they get yes but if you can stick with refereeing at a junior level and work your way up it is so rewarding to get to first grade because you get to you know it's the best seat in the house you get to be in some of those real big moments you touch on crowd behavior there cj and uh, look i've got to put my hand up i i have been guilty of uh, throwing some abuse the, the referees uh, way I recall a time I was here at the stadium and um, – all boy? No, no, this is post-career. And uh, <laughs> I was giving Bill Harrigan a, a, a fair spray, it's fair to say. And unbeknownst to me, his son was sitting in front of me and he turned around and said, mate, that's my dad. And I felt so small. I felt, I felt terrible. And I've never forgotten it. But the abuse that referees, you know, have to wear, I guess, as part of the job – it's probably really not fair, and I dare say it probably uh, extends into the community as well, like yeah. when you're not on the field. I, I didn't mind it on the field, right? If you want to pay your money to come to a rugby league game, within reason, you, you can abuse referees, do whatever you want, right? That's sort of that's part of the course. Within reason. Within reason, right? Um, and that's part of the, the sport of rugby yeah. league. Can we just clear that? Oh, come on, sir, get them on All side. All that sort of stuff, Not right? personal attacks. No, no, not yeah. personal. But, yeah. you know, you do expect that you're going to get some. You're you know? a cheat, Harrigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that you might know, be on a little maybe bit over the Maybe a few explosions <laughs> either side. <laughs> He's a good man, Bill. He is a good man. But, you know, Apologies, coming, Bill. walking through the cage at Brookvale Oval at the end of the game, you know you're alive, right? Because right. it's coming for you. <laughs> What, what happens, though, now more and more at the back end of my career was, you know, you'd walk down the street and cop that abuse when you had your two kids and your wife. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, that, that's what, you know, and I know you pl- players do get it too, but, yep. you know, referees get it. it. It's quite, it can be quite spiteful. And then you just, mm. you know, you look at your kids. And by the back end of my career, I'd look at my kids and my wife and go, you know, how much longer, because my kids were getting older then, how much longer can I keep putting them through this? Mm. Just on that, and our games evolve so much, and yep. now we have women's, um, you know, in the NRLW and whatnot, and we've got women referees, which yep. is fantastic to see. What are your thoughts on that? Like when you were coming up as a junior and through the ranks, were there many women uh, as opposed to now who, I mean, on the weekend there was uh, in the video ref box, and then we've got the touch judges, and we've got a couple on field yeah. now. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we've always had um, female referees come through the junior rep system. But there was a bit of a barrier there early on where they couldn't make that leap to first grade. Now you look at uh, Belinda Sleeman, um, Casey Casey Badger, Badger, right? They've got incredible football minds. You know, if you sat them down to analyse a game of football, they would be, you know, on par if not greater than probably most of the male referees in that room. Um, The barrier that they've always had previously was probably – 
just their speed a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, that their speed being able to keep up with the game. But if you look at those two, they're definitely the equal fitness-wise of the male referees. You know, we should see this year in the NRL a female referee a single game, a single referee model game. It's wait. a really good point, you raise, Bells, I think there's a huge future in female referees. I think that gender diversity because – you know, the players will clean their act up a little bit. It's kind of that go back to preschool mm-hmm. type mentality when you've got a beautiful female teacher. Yeah. Chris, the fitness. How much training does an NRL referee have to do and what sort of training they're doing to keep up? Because you're very right. I mean, yeah. the levels of fitness have got to equal. Oh, they don't stop. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> they would train, and, and I say this in no disrespect, they would train harder than an NRL player. Yeah. I was going to say. Right? Obviously but, they're, the but they're not doing the physical contact yeah. and the More hits. More agility and But and their, their agility, their speed, mm. their work in the gym, their work on the training field – yeah, they would work just as hard, if not harder, than an NRL player. Wow. And you have to be able to keep up to the game because not only have you got to keep up with the game, you need to be able to be clear in your mind in terms of, you know, your decision-making and you've got to be able to speak. You've got to talk. You know? <laughs> it's not, like keep it's, coming back. Yeah, that's keep right. back. <laughs> exactly right. And you've got, to make, you've got to make decisions. And, you know, when you see a referee make a decision in the 78th minute of a really fast mm. game, when they get that right, they don't get the credit they should mm. because that is really difficult. Mm. They could have run 10 kilometres in that game. Um, their bodies are, you know, absolutely pushed to the limits and they're having to make, you know, fine millimetre decisions. It's it's a credit to them. They don't get enough credit as what they should. Yeah. And we need to change that. As a game, as fans, you know, we do need to change that. Chris, fast forward, uh, you're the football operations manager at the Sydney Roosters. How did that come about? Uh, yeah, so it was sort of right place, right time. Um, so I retired at the end of 2017. Early on in 2018, it was one of those funny moments where I got a phone call and um, it was I didn't know the number and I answered it. And he goes, oh, hey, Chris, it's Trent Robinson. And I was like, right, which one of my mates is this, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, mate, I think by that time, Rooster's discipline wasn't great. They were, you know, when I was back into my career, they were a difficult team to referee. You know, Captain Cranky, mm-hmm. who I love now. But Jake Friend, you know, <laughs> like if, if you had Jake, you knew that you had to be on all night because he was going to come at you with those eyes rolling back in his head. <laughs> so the way they communicated with referees and their discipline wasn't great. And Robbo said, look, I think we need someone to come and referee training and speak to our players about, you know, let, let's understand what the referees are thinking. Not not to cheat, but how do we how do we just push everything to the limit but be really well disciplined? And so I came in the start of 18... Uh, and then it sort of developed. I sort of said to Trent, look, I think I can do more than just two referee two sessions a week. So I started working with Boyd and Jake around the way that they would communicate with referees. Wow. And then at the time, uh, we started to get some match review charges. And I said to Lee Bennett, who was the footy yep. manager there, hey, let me look after these, you know, let me put those cases together. So over sort of 18 and into the first half of 19, the role grew more than just, hey, referee two sessions a week. I was probably hanging around three or four days a week. And then halfway through, so we'd won in 18, you know, and then halfway through 2019, um, the footy manager that was here at the time, Adam Hardigan, um, was really fortunate. He got offered a role at the West Tigers mm-hmm. uh, and it was probably an offer too good for him to refuse. So he left and at that time I was doing the Roosters sort of consultant role and I ran a couple of F45 businesses, which I'd owned for quite a few years. I didn't really know what I was going to do and and. When he left, I sort of walked into Trent's office and said, hey, I reckon I might have the skill set that could do that footy manager's role. And he sort of looked at me and he goes, oh, leave it with me. And then he sort of thought about it for a couple of weeks and came back and said, hey, I think, it, I think you'd fit in really well and offered me the role. Wow. For the fans out there, and I'm curious myself, 
football operations manager, what does that job entail? And you've yep. got a game tomorrow night against Parramatta. Yep. yep. Let's let's go through your day from tomorrow morning. Let's start let's start from the week beginning. Okay, so let's talk about what the role is, right? Because yeah. there's probably two roles. So I'm effectively the business manager of the NRL department and I'm the team manager. So from the business manager point of view, my job is to manage the football department cap. So every club has a football department cap, which this year is $5 million, and that's all the wages that go on your footy staff and everything to run the NRL program. So whenever we go away, it's to book a bus, it's to stay in a hotel, it's to book a flight, it's to put lunch on for them here, it's to buy strapping tape. It's, it's, wow. it's, it's wide-ranging, right? So my job is to manage that budget of $5 million to make sure that we've got the right mix of staff yeah. Um, and then the rest of the program, whether we're going on a camp or w- whatever we're doing, right? So there's that business manager point of view. And then I'm the conduit then between the footy department and the rest of the club. So just say the community department come to me and say, hey, we want a pl- couple of players to go out to Bondi Nippers to do a, an appearance. Mm-hmm. I'll work with them to say, hey, right, I think I can fit it on this day because I know the team's not training. Mm-hmm. I think these two players would be the best fit for it. And then I organise that. And we'll do the same thing with sponsorship, membership, and everything yep. else. Mm-hmm. So Roosters Radio. I'm sort of like the gateway, right? Mm-hmm. Help, help yeah, you guys, the gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. Which is important. Which is important, right? And the, the important thing in my role is always to remember what's best for the team and then what's best for the club, right? Because it's a balancing right? act, you know, like getting the team prepared and really focused for a game on the weekend, but also looking after the club's interests and, of, the, fans. and yeah. the fans' interests, right? So, um, you know, one of the things we've tried to do this year is get our guys to the league's club as much as we can. Which has been a huge success, mate. I've got to tell and you, the, the crowds there were unbelievable. And it's great, right, because we've come out of COVID, our fans and members haven't had a chance to see the players. So um, we're really trying to focus on that. Community engagement. So All important. that. It's really important, right? And we, we love – and our players love getting out and meeting our fans you and had, members. You right? had a few of the boys at, at Bush I saw last yeah, week. Yeah, we, uh, we took them to Tamworth yeah. with a with an st- initiative from Steggles. Um, yeah, Steggles really drove that. Um, we had Kiri, Collins, Suali'i, you know, meeting these kids in Tamworth. They thought it was Christmas. Mm. So, you know, I've got to manage their, their load in terms of those appearances, making sure they're still fresh to play in the game. And then the other bit is that the operation. So I'm effectively the team manager. So I've got a really good team that works with me. I've got Leah Hang and James Hansen mm. who are in footy ops, best in the business. But we'll book every flight, every hotel room, every meal, anything the players need. You know, is the dressing room set up? Is everything that the team needs in place mm-hmm. when we're, you know, at, at every game? Mm. And then to answer your question about um, – Tomorrow, boys, you know, I'll get here about lunchtime. And is the dressing room set up perfectly, ready for the team to arrive? Does the team have everything it needs to perform its best? Uh, the coach's uh, box set up perfectly. Is the sideline set up? And then during the game, you'll often I'll, I'll be on the sideline. Yeah, with the, you got the cans yeah, on. Yeah, so I, I run the interchange bench there, right? So, right, so I get do. the messages from Trent. I've got Brett Morris and Boyd Cordner, and then we've got medical staff with us. But then it's all coordinating all those interchanges and the messages throughout the game. It's a massive job, mate. It's full on. It is. When do you remember, sleep? How many hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, just thinking about how other wife and kids. Like, when was the last time you sent them a postcard? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yep. No, but uh, my um, wife's. To get to that point, my wife, you know, refereeing was away a lot. Yes. So she set a condition to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when I said oh, I'm going to work for the Roosters, she was like, "Oh well, you know, that's yep. what we're used to." Yes. So, What's the biggest challenge in that role? Yeah, it's the f- it's the footy cap, right? So you've, right. you've got to manage how do you spend that $5 million and, and the, the best clubs will spend that the smartest. Mm. You know, we've got, a, we've got an, an exceptional group of footy staff at the moment from our, our doctor to our physios to our S&C guys to our assistant coaches. 
they're the best in the business. But with inflation at the moment, all the other cost of goods and everything else to run the program is going up, right? So I need to be able to balance that. And, and every one of our staff in our football department should be getting pay rises, right? But at the moment they can't because you've got this cap that seals them. Costs are going up. So trying to get that balance right is really tricky. And that's the same for every club, I guess. So it's the challenge. Yeah, it is. And the successful clubs will manage their footy cap the best. Yeah. I'm going to put my mum hat on here. And um, what's it like with the boys? Are they absolutely hopeless and leave things everywhere and you've got to remember everything and in the dressing sheds and out on the field? What are they like to look after? They're funny, right? I look at <laughs> it. Great question. <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> Actually, that I was can a, only that wasn't imagine. A question. That was a job interview. <laughs> we, 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 I think we know the answer, don't we? It's a job interview. She wants to pick up after Lindsay. No <laughs> it's... The older ones, like if you go and walk down in the locker room now and look at the way that each one of them's left their locker, it'll give you a really ind- good indication of their personality. <laughs> you know, Jared Weirah Hargraves, the elder statesman, everything in his locker is perfectly folded and in its place. And wow. Sam Walker, you know, everything would be a mess and it'd be shoved All in that drawer shop. and, you know, you wouldn't know what's going <laughs> to come out of it. But no, our guys are good. Like we, you know what our boys are like. Our yeah. guys are incredible. We have the best playing roster in the competition in terms of the way that they respect the club, the way they look after things. It's culture. Uh, it is, mm. yep. Comes you from know, the top. And, and it starts from the, you know, it starts from Robbo and it starts from the really strong leaders that we've had and they've passed that on to our next generation of leaders. And, you know, it, as I always say to people, I've got the easiest footy manager job in the competition because of how good our playing squad is. Mate, been amazing. We could sit here and talk all day, but it'll make it a very long show for our fans. But I cannot wait to uh, get and get you on another interview with us and in Roosters Radio Extra and really touch on some more points about what it's like in your role and the fascinating things. I mean, to learn what we've learnt today is such great insight for our fans. So thanks so much for the for the brief interview. And Anytime. Yeah, thanks for your time. We just look forward to chatting to you further. Just keep your eyes on that cap too. <laughs> They're all watching. <laughs> Always. Well, they call Always. it a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, thanks very much for your time. It's been great and learn a lot. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. And guys, Thursday night, 8 o'clock kickoff, here at our home, Allianz, Roosters taking on the Eels. Historically, we've got the wood over this mob. Thursday night, how do you see it? Well, Silky, I'm going to jump in here. I think um, we've been fortunate last couple of years to play the Eels straight after they've played Penrith. This year, they looked a bit different. They played fantastic last week. You could see what it meant to them. It was a grand final replay. But I think they used a lot of fuel in their uh, pre-season tank in last week's game. Look, I'm expecting them to come out firing. They're a very good team. We all know the quality of that side. They're really well coached. But I think we're uh, we're up for it. We showed a steely determination, our combinations in the second half against South Sydney, our last game. Um, you know, what our team can do and we string it together off the back of Jared uh, and Brandon Smith. So as a football fan, I just can't wait to see them take the field. And it'll be a real battle in the forwards because I think we match them all over the field. Uh, so really looking forward to a Roosters win. I'm going to give you a score prediction included. I'm going to tell you, I think it's Roosters 24, Parramatta 16. Wow, 24-16. I've got an interesting stat around this game. Um, apparently the P- Parramatta haven't beaten us since 2008 on a Hawaii- away game. Yeah, I don't so think producer Pat wasn't even born then. No, crikeys. I think you were, surely. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that young. <laughs> but um, as you mentioned earlier, Victor Radley's 100th game, which will be outstanding to watch him run onto the park. So good. Tomorrow night. Also 50th game for Sam Walker. Is it really? Yes, it is. Wow. So Jeez, another, that's come around quick. Yeah, mm. another accolade there to celebrate tomorrow night. And we've got a club debutant running onto the park, Corey Allen, tomorrow night. So it's a big night for us. Score prediction, Bells? Oh, score prediction. I think it's going to be a bit bigger than Bush. Um, I meant the score, yeah, not the actual. Score. How do you get bigger than Bush? <laughs> say, it's a lot of, I'll tell you, it's going to take him a combo at no names. There's a few tries in it. 28-12. 28-12. Okay. Well, look, Junior Bolo is out for the Eels. Mm. Huge loss. Massive. Huge loss. Uh, and just looking at our forward pack, Hargrave, Smith, Collins, the Butcher Brothers and Victor Radley in his 100th. That's where the game's going to be won and lost. Oh. So I think our boys are just going to rise to the occasion. We heard what Lindsay Collins said. He looks forward to these matches. And with that, I'm saying Roosters 28, Eels 6. Yeah, nice. Bit bold. Tight, tight in defence from our boys. You touched on something there, Silky. I think you're right. Victor, Robbo gets everyone ready. He loves milestones. All the great coaches love milestones and celebrating it on behalf of the team. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing Victor play. We all know how he plays. We all love the way he plays. We don't judge him for anything he does because he's all heart rock. You know what I mean? But I think on Thursday night, tomorrow night, you're going to see Victor Radley be really, really smart about his football and pick his moments. And I think that that's what we're going to be leading off. And then they're going to feed off that and uh, really put the points on. Well, Roosters fans, we've laid the platform for a massive game tomorrow night. Home game, 8pm kickoff at Allianz Stadium. Get on out to the game and support the boys. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our special guests, prop forward Lindsay Collins and our football operations manager, Chris James. You've been listening to Roosters Radio. East East to win. win. It's not hard.